Okay, so we're gonna cover a few verses from Surah Al-Hujurat. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, la yaskhar qawmun min qawm, asa an yakunu khayran minhum. O you who believe, let not one group of people make fun of another. Okay? So, no one group of people should mock another. If you look at the word yaskhar, the Arabic word yaskhar, it comes from sakhira. And the similar word is sakhara, which is to subjugate. When you employ someone, you subjugate someone to a task. So it also means here that you don't think someone is below you, that he is subjugated to you. This is very important because a lot of people think that they're better than others. What was the first sin ever committed? No, not when the two brothers uh, fought and one killed the other. Shaitan not bound his head. What was his reason? He thought he was better than Adam. In fact, he said it clearly in the Quran. He said, I am better than him. This is the first sin ever committed. Even before shirk, before kufr, this is the first sin. I am what? I am better than him. Fast forward today, you see this a lot among Muslims. You see it all the time. Now here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, let not one group think that they're better than others. Okay? Nowadays we talk about what? Group identity or identity politics. It's all about groups. We talk about the whites and the blacks and the browns. And deep down, a lot of people think, because I happen to belong to a certain race, that I was born to a certain family, by definition, I am better. Now, they may not say it, but you could see it. You could see it in their faces. This is one of the biggest problems we have. And the Prophet told us clearly in the hadith, Allah does not care to look at your faces, how handsome you think you are, how beautiful you think you are, how pale or how white you think you are. He doesn't care about that. Allah does not look at your bodies, how tall, how slim. He doesn't care. Rather, he said, he looks at your hearts and your actions. Why do you think that is the case? I mean, obviously, it is not even nice to do that, but why? It's a very important reason. Because you have no control over those things. You did not choose to be born to a certain family. 
You did not choose to be born to a certain culture or race or color. This was not your choice. You don't get any credit for it. But you do have a choice in doing good. You do have a choice in how, hard, how, how your heart is, how you feel, how you think about others. That, you have a choice, yes. Now also, when, it talk, when we talk about groups, it's all kinds of groups. It's not just racial groups. Now there's a lot of talk about gender equality, same thing. It's a different kind of group. Or even among Muslims. I mean, you have all kinds of barriers. The Arabs and the non-Arabs and the Indians and the, and, the, and the African Americans. And then within the Arabs, we have the Egyptians and the Syrians and the Palestinians. All these divisions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لا يسخر قوم من قوم. Any group of people, it doesn't matter. And the reason is, he said, Maybe the people you belittle, the people you look down upon, maybe they're much better than you. And this happened, like I said, this happens all the time. We look down at the people that are poor, or they have less than we do. You go eat someplace, you notice other people come, but you notice their clothings are not as good, not as nice. Maybe they're dirty a little bit. And you look at yourself and you, you, you know, even you don't have to say a word, just looking down at others. You look at and say, huh, look at these people. That is haram. Most of the time, actually, you don't have to say anything. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلَتَعْرِفَنَّهُمْ فِي لَحْنِ الْقَوْلِ You can notice things just by the music of their voices. How you say things. Your mom calls you, you say, what? That's music. It's the angry music. Right? Or somebody says salam to you, but you don't like them. Or you think you're better than them. They're so excited, they say, Assalamu alaikum. And you say, Wa alaikum salam. You don't think they can notice that you're making fun of them or you, you know, you're putting them down or you think you're better than them? You don't think they can notice that? You see somebody coming and they, you know, they look humble, they look, you know, modest, they don't have, uh, you know, rich family, you know, they don't have a rich dad, rich family. And you ask them, where do you buy your clothes? From Walmart? <laughs> that is Sukhriya. As Quran says, لا يسخر قوم من قوم. One time, the Prophet wanted to do an experiment. Listen carefully, this is important. He was sitting with the companions and he noticed a man was passing by and this man was poor. So he asked his companions, what do you think about this man? Give me your opinion. The man is not listening, he's just passing by. 
They said, well, you know, this man is, he's not so famous. He's not well known. If he, if he asks something, most likely, no one will honor his request. No one will answer him. If he needs help, most likely, no one will pay attention. As we say nowadays, he's a nobody. He's what? He's a nobody. The Prophet said, okay. He waited, and then another man was passing. And this man is like rich and famous, right? The Prophet asked him, what, what about this man? Tell me, what do you think about this man? And they said, oh, this man? As soon as he talks, everybody listens. If he made a request, if he asked something, everybody would want to obey him and do whatever he wants. You know what the Prophet said, Ayes of Salaam? He said, He said, the first man that passed by, that poor man, is better, like, like the earthful, better. An earthful, like, an, uh, like you, you take the earth and you fill it up with good. He said, this first man, the poor man, is better, an earthful more, than the other man. Don't judge people by their appearances. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in these ayat here, in Surah Al-Hujurat, same, same surah. He said, Who is better than? You may ask. You might ask, who is better than in the eyes of Allah? Who is better? Allah says, The most precious Akram, the most precious in the eyes of Allah is the one who has better taqwa, who fears God more. Now let me ask you, can you can you see that? I mean, can you see taqwa? Can anyone see taqwa? Taqwa is fear of Allah. Can you see it? No. And don't tell me, well, someone looks religious. What does that mean even? Looks religious. What does that mean? Like just wearing, uh, um, with all respect, I mean, just wearing something or having something. That is not an indication of taqwa. Yes, you're obeying certain thing in Islam, which is great. But this is something that no one can see. You might say, maybe a scholar, a sheikh, an imam. Maybe he is better in the eyes of Allah. We don't know. It could be a farmer. It could be a janitor. We don't know. Maybe that person fears Allah more. How do you know? You dig in someone's heart? You cannot tell. So this taqwa is something you cannot see. And Allah said that on purpose. He put that on purpose. That the most noble in the eyes of Allah is the one who has most taqwa. And taqwa is something you cannot see. So do not judge. Only Allah can judge because only Allah can see what's inside. Only Allah can see taqwa. In those same uh, you know, verses, in the same passage, by the way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also told us, Ya ayyuhannas, inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa untha. Again, to let us realize 
that all these nations and all these ethnicities and races, they're all from one origin. So it says, O people, now he's not talking to Muslims anymore. Here he's talking to everybody. It says, O people, inna khalaqnakum min wa untha. We have created you from male and female. And we have made you into tribes and nations. What is the reason? Some people say, well, the reason is because, you know, people are better. We are better than others. The Aryan nation, right? You know, certain, I mean, certain people, they try and find, like, certain feature or quality to make them better. Huh? See, I mean, God created, created us different, but God also told us why He did that. He said, because, so you get to know each other. I mean, if all of us were the same race, the same color, the same tongue, it'll be boring. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a variety. Just like when you have food, you don't like to eat the same food every day. And food is always an easy example, right? Everybody can understand food. Imagine you're having rice every day. What? Or bread. Just bread. I mean, by the way, you might laugh, you might smile, but some people, somewhere in the world, that's what they have. So be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And don't speak. I always say that when you come to the masjid, the job of the imam is not to discipline you. And if I see any imam or sheikh doing this discipline, they're not doing their job. The, the job of discipline is in the house with the parents. And I say that with all respect to everybody. When you come to the masjid, you come to learn Islam. You don't come to learn discipline. You don't come to learn manners. If you've not learned manners for the first five years or ten years in the house, you're not going to learn it ever. If you don't learn it the first 15 years in your house, you're not going to learn it ever. And the Imam or the Sheikh is not going to do miracles. He's not going to pull a miracle out of his hat or his kufi. Just a side note. Because I don't want people to come with the wrong expectation. They come to the masjid and they think the masjid can fix everything. We can fix some things and anytime you get closer to the Word of God, to the Qur'an, of course you're going to be better. But you have to start somewhere. You have to have the right foundation. So this is a message to everyone. I mean, imagine if all of us applied this verse. Like, you see anyone around you, imagine that you don't see anyone better than you. And you don't see that you're better than anyone else. Just imagine that. How much better the world will be. Now, of course, also in this ayat, we see also a mention of riba, backbiting. That's another big problem. And wallahi, I cannot say it enough. How many Muslims are involved in backbiting? And they say, well, it's true. Oh yeah, it is true. The Prophet was, was told the same thing, alayhi salatu wassalam. 
They asked him. We say th some things, right, about people who are not present because that's what backbiting is. Backbiting is like you're saying it in the back. They don't see you. They don't hear you. Like you, you pretend to be a good friend, right? And you smile in their faces. And the minute they leave, you do what? You start talking about them. You talk behind their backs. That is backbiting. And the minute you say, well, why do you do that? This is not good, this is not nice. What do you say? Oh, it's true. So the companions asked the Prophet is it okay? Listen, it's a simple question. Is it okay if I say something about my brother behind his back, he's not listening, he doesn't see me, and it is true. Like, I'm not lying, it is true. The Prophet, you know what the Prophet said, He said, this is exactly the definition of backbiting. And he said, if you're not telling the truth, it's even worse. He said, فَقَدْ Now you've made a lie about him. That's even worse. So don't come and tell me I'm telling the truth. MashaAllah, if you love the truth so much, follow the truth. But don't speak about people behind their backs. You pretend to be nice, the minute they turn their back and they go, you start making fun of them. You make fun of their walk. You make fun of how they move. You make, maybe you make fun of their smell. I don't care. It's all wrong. You know, one time, a woman came to Aisha radiallahu anha. And we know Aisha. Aisha was, you know, the mother of the believers, and she was the wife of the Prophet and everything. But all of us need to learn. All of us need to learn. So a woman came, and the woman was short. Again, remember what I said? You don't have to say a word. The woman came. She was short. She spoke to the Prophet, and then she left. Aisha did what? She did not say a word. Again, she did not speak. But she said, like, she's very short. Like, just only made that small little gesture. We do it all the time. You know what the Prophet said? Listen, he said, You have said a word. Yes, we did not hear it. It's not the word as we define it. But it is a word. He said, لَقَدْ قُلْتِ كَلِمَةً لَوْ مُزِجَتْ بِمَاءِ الْبَحْرِ لَمَزَجَتْهُ You have said a word. This word is so bad. It's so corruptive. It's so toxic. If you were to mix it with the water of the ocean, it would have corrupted the entire ocean. And we think it's not a big deal. We think it's funny. And we think people will accept it. No, they won't. And you won't. If somebody was making fun of you, if someone was mocking you, if someone was backbiting you, you would never accept it. So don't tell me that. Don't tell me that others will think it's a joke or will think it's funny. Yeah, you may get some laughs from your friends, but the person you're talking about, oh no, they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be happy with it. They're going to be insulted. Right? 
So this is really important. In fact, here in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought such a, an appalling comparison or analogy about backbiting. He said, لا No one should ever backbite another. Does anyone wish to eat the flesh of your dead brother? And of course, you say it's gross. It's pathetic. It's appalling. How can you even imagine that? Exactly. Exactly. This is how bad backbiting is. The Qur'an wants us to imagine such a grotesque image because this is how bad backbiting is. So yes, don't, let, don't try to water it down. Don't try and like, not translate the verse. Don't translate it as is because this is exactly the intended meaning. It is intended to gross you out because this is exactly what backbiting is. It is gross. We, we see that, I mean, a lot of this actually is revolving around this idea that you think you're better than others. And the Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith clearly, it's a very simple formula. I mean, everybody could, you know, could remember it. Everybody could understand it. It's not rocket science. Like, if you want to eliminate all these, I mean, these are problems in the heart. And wallahi, I see some children, even when they're very young, this is how they're nurtured. Their parents are teaching them this, this discrimination, this, uh, you know, racism, in fact. It's taught when they're very young. And look what the Prophet said, and this should eliminate any amount of racism. He said, Kullukum min Adam. All of you are from the same father, Adam alayhi salam. Not only, not only that, he said, Wa Adamu min Turab. Like if we want to be proud of Adam, because a lot of us are proud of their fathers, proud of their forefathers. You know where I am from. You know who my father is. This is what people say. So he said, even Adam is from Turab. He's from the soil. He's from dirt. As we say, we come from like a humble uh, origin. We all come. Not every, some people say, well, this, man, this rich man comes from what? A humble origin. Islam says, all of you come from a humble origin. Because all of us come from Adam, and Adam comes from what? From Turab, from soil, from dirt. So if you understand that, then how can you ever think that you're better than others? Just because you're a little smart, or you're a little rich, or, or anything. Maybe you're famous, I don't, I don't care. Once you understand this formula that we all come from the same origin. We all come from Adam. We share the same father. There's no reason. There's no reason whatsoever. Even if you're not, like Iblis. Iblis was not from the same origin. Still, his logic was false, was faulty. 
I am better than him. Why? Oh, I'm created from fire and he's created from clay. So what? Most of the people, I mean, most of the reasons people use, it's baseless. It has no logic whatsoever. It's just an excuse. Like you want to justify your, your pride, your arrogance. You know, the Prophet once said, <coughs> Listen carefully. Because again, like I say, many Muslims do it. He said, You will not enter Jannah if you have any amount of arrogance. Any amount. I mean, this is hard, right? You have to rid yourself from any amount of kibr. Kibr is arrogance. When you see that you're better than others. In fact, the companions asked the Prophet, what is arrogance? Is it that we wear a nice shoe? The Prophet said, no. Of course you can wear a nice pair of shoes. That's okay. But he said, Al-Kibr There's two things. Two things that define arrogance. And if you think of any example around you, it's going to be one of those two things. If you have them, you have arrogance. You don't have them, you get rid of them, you don't have arrogance. Then number one, number one is بَطَرُ To refuse the truth because it came from a person you don't like. Like deep down, you know it is true. Like you, you look and you, you think to yourself it is true, but you know, I don't like it because it came from so-and-so and I don't like the so-and-so. I think I'm more knowledgeable, I think I am more, you know, smarter, I'm more intelligent. So I will not tell it, I will not say, I, don't, I will not admit that he, what he said is true. So you say, this is wrong. You know deep down it's true, but you say it is wrong. And you refuse, you refuse to admit it. That is arrogance. And the second part, the second uh, element is nas. You belittle people. You don't give them their rights. You don't acknowledge them. Even when they do, I'm, Wallahi, I see sometimes, people do good to you, but you don't acknowledge it. You're too proud to even say thank you. You see it. People help you, you don't even say thank you. Because you, you think you're much better. They should be serving you. What Islam is this? I mean, don't we see it around us? People do you a favor, you don't even say thank you? And you think they're supposed to serve you somehow? Where does that come from? This is what? This is Ghamtun Nas. You belittle people. You don't think they're worth it. You don't think they're worthy of your respect. You know, your gratitude. They're below that. This is such a common problem among humans in general. And Islam came to solve it. And we see it over and over again in the Quran, in the Hadith, in the Prophet And there's nothing that can be done. If you don't decide, I mean, you have to decide that you're gonna follow this. 
And there's nothing better than being humble yourself. Like, I don't care how great, uh, you know, a scholar you are. I don't, I don't care how successful you are, how rich you are, how much money you are. If you are arrogant, you're worthless. Like, you, you, you're not worthy in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you're humble and you're modest, this is the definition of a good human being. So just remember that. This is like one of the best things you can have in life. To have humility, to understand your position, not to consider yourself above others, above people. And I don't care how much you carry, how much knowledge you carry, how much manners you think you have. This is like the beginning of manners. If you don't have that, you have no manners. Because how, you, how can you solve it? I mean, you can pretend to help people, for example, but you can see it in some faces. Like even when they help you, they look like you, you know, they're, they're doing you a favor. And we're, we're, we're better than you. This is why we're helping you. And they make you feel little. They make you feel so little. Is this really, is this charity? You think this is charity? SubhanAllah. This is why also in the Quran, when it talked about charity, he said, you should not follow charity. Even when you give charity, it's the best sign of goodwill. He said, don't follow charity with man. Man is like when you say, I did you a favor. Even that is not allowed. Because how do you think he's going to feel? Look, I did you a favor, you know. And other, don't harm them. I mean, you do charity and then you follow the charity with harm. Like, it's better not to do charity. Because you made them feel so little, so insignificant. And, and a lot of times, it's no fault of their own. I mean, not, you know, people don't choose to be poor. Wallahi, some people work so hard every day. But, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not bless them with certain provision, certain amount of money. It wasn't your choice. You were born into a good family, a rich family. It wasn't your choice. You had nothing to do with it. It's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's all because of the bounty of Allah. So inshallah we should get rid of that. If you have any amount of it, and it's all up to you. I mean, I cannot see through you, but you know about it. If you have any amount of it, you should get rid of it. You should work on yourself, work on your heart, and get rid of that. It is not Islamic. Okay. Inshallah, I hope this is good enough. Uh, and uh, inshallah, now if you have any questions, we can take them. Uh, also, I think we were requested to turn off the mic after the halaqah for the, because they, they want to do their own uh, sessions. So I think you can hear me without the mic? Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and turn off the mic. Can you please? Okay. That's gonna sound weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay, any questions? Yes. I have two. Uh, so, uh, when uh, Aisha, Prophet uh, Muhammad's wife, uh, uh, said the person I mean, didn't say, like, made the action, then Prophet Muhammad said, I'm getting angry. I mean, he got upset. But he got upset to teach, so this is like to teach you a lesson. He might get upset just to, so that the lesson is profound. Like now you will rem remember. And 
he should be upset because this is something that is not, uh, you know, admissible. Uh, so he did it to teach. Yes. Uh, and my second question is, uh, if someone, like, if, um, you know, 